Ephesians chapter 6. And our text for today, well, we'll just read the two verses that we had for our text last week, verses 10 and 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the wiles of the devil. Last Lord's Day morning, we considered these two verses. We considered, first of all, Paul's word of advice. Paul's word of advice when he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then he went on to say, Put on the whole armor of God. Paul's word of advice. We noted the persons that he addressed where he said, finally, my brethren. We pointed out that Paul, here in this word, was not only addressing those believers in the church at Ephesus, but he was addressing all believers. As he told us in Romans 15, verse 4, these things are written for our learning. And so Paul was addressing all believers and their need to be strong in the Lord and to live in the power of his might and to put on the whole armor of God. Paul himself was one, knew what it was like to battle against the devil, the wiles of the evil one. For often in his epistles he would refer to those times that he was hindered, hindered by Satan. Satan will always be out to hinder the spread of the gospel and the progress of the child of God. Noted not only the persons but the, but the positions. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in Christ. That is, those who are brought to a saving knowledge of Christ, they are now in the Lord. There was that time when we were out of Christ and held by many a snare on our road to the lost eternity. But the day the Lord saved us, he brought us into Christ. And when you look at what Paul says here in Ephesians 6 about the wiles of the devil, that's a good place to be, is in Christ. For when you're in Christ, you're safe and you are secure. That's our position in Christ. And then we have the power. We know that the power here is the way of to victory over the devil. Paul says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Paul speaks about what? We have, if we're in Christ, we have power. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Strength, power, and might. That's what we have in Christ. And this is Paul's word of advice. We'll never overcome the devil by our own skill, our own arguments, by our own power. Not at all, never. He'll outwit us every time. Zechariah 4 and verse 6. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. That brings us now. To Paul's word about the armor. Have already noted Paul's word 
of advice. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Then Paul says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Stand against. You don't surrender to the wiles of the devil. We do not surrender to the wiles and the temptations and the ways of the devil. So here's Paul's word about the armor. If we want to know victory, if we want to live the victorious Christian life, this is what we are to do. We're to put on the whole armor of God. So regarding Paul's word about the armor, he tells us we're to be clothed in armor. Clothed in armor. He says, put on, put on the whole armor of God. As well as being strong in the Lord and living in the power of his might, there is an armor for us. And if Paul had not mentioned being strong in the Lord, living in the power of his might, and then going on to mention the armor of God, that would have then indicated to us that Satan would have been an easy prey. We could defeat the devil in our own strength. But that's not the case. Be strong in the Lord, the power of his might put on as well as been strong in the Lord and living in the power of his might we need to put on the whole armor of God that tells us how powerful our enemy is put on it's interesting when you read through the epistles the number of things we are told as Christians to put on. Here we're told, put on the whole armor of God. And in, in Romans 13, verse 12, Paul says, Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Those words of Paul indicate a great change in the life of the Christian. There is a change that's taken place when they receive Christ as their Savior. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, the old ways, the works of darkness, and put on the armor of light. It's not what happened when we were born again, when we were saved. We were brought out of darkness and brought into the marvelous light of the gospel and Christ who is the light of the world. And when we've been taken out of darkness, we're to cast aside the works of darkness, the old ways, the old things, the old sinful behavior. The works of darkness were to cast them away and put off the armor of light. Again, Paul says in Galatians 3, verse 27, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now when Paul said, As many of you have been baptized into, into Christ, he's not talking about water baptism. We're not brought into Christ through water baptism. No, the reference here is we've been baptized into Christ. Another word for being brought into Christ in, our, in salvation. And Paul says, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ and have put on Christ. So there, we put on the armor of light 
We are to put on Christ. Like putting on clothing. We put on our clothing and everyone sees that clothing. So if we put on Christ, then everyone is to see Christ. To see the Lord Jesus Christ in us. So we're to put on the armor of light. We're to put on Christ. And Ephesians 4, verse 26. That ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So you get the picture. What we put on is like putting on our clothing. We're to put on Christ, so Christ is to be seen in us, just as our clothing is seen. We're to put on the armor of light, and we are to put on righteousness and true holiness. We're to live holy lives. There cannot be any argument there. Put on the new man. That's what happens. We have the new birth. We've been born again. The new birth. So we put on the new man. There's to be a change. And people are to see the change. And we ourselves are to know the change. Put on the new man, which after God, after God, is created in righteousness and true holiness. We're to live holy lives. Again, that's what we ought to put on, and that's what ought to be seen in us. Righteousness and true holiness. Turn to Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3. And here Paul tells us what else we're to put on. He's addressing believers now. Colossians 3, verse 12. Put on, therefore, there's it again. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, so we're dealing with believers, <coughs> holy and beloved, <coughs> bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. There's the Pentagon of Christ. We're to be like Christ. And above all these things, put on, there's it again, charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And so you look there at what Paul has listed in Colossians, and all that we are to put on. In other words, all these words that's written by Paul shows us that there's to be a change in the life of the believer. A change that the believer knows has taken place, and a change that everybody else knows and is able to see. Then Paul says, put on the whole armor of God. We put on the whole armor of God. That tells us we are prepared, we're ready for battle. Having on the whole armor of God. As well as our clothing, being clothed in the armor. Notice, it's a complete armor. Paul says, put on the whole armor of God. Not some of them, but the whole armor of God. And if we are to successfully resist and overcome and defeat the enemy of our souls, we need to have on the whole armor of God. <coughs> 
you look carefully you will see that Paul here speaks about seven pieces of the armor of God look there stand therefore having your loins girt with truth breastplate of righteousness feet shod preparation of the gospel above all the shield of fear the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and you count those you say but there's only six there but we'll not leave out what we have in verse 18 praying always with all prayer and supplication there are seven pieces of this armour of God now we all know that seven in Bible numbers is the number of completeness it's not interesting that when Paul says put on the whole armour of God he's really saying put on the complete armour of God and then he goes on to list seven pieces to the Christian's armour we cannot afford we cannot afford to leave off any one part of the Christian armour not at all you think of the day that David went out and fought Goliath there was another man in Israel brave enough to go and fight Goliath David went and David slew Goliath oh he had all his armour on but one piece and we know how David slew Goliath put a stone in his forehead his forehead had not been covered by armour and David was able to slay Goliath we dare not leave off any one piece of this armour that is mentioned here by Paul we don't want to be slain by the devil we need to put on the whole armour of God looking at each piece of the armour surely we would agree we would agree there's not one piece that we would dare to leave off we listed the seven pieces truth Christian can do without truth righteousness the gospel faith salvation the word and prayer any one of those pieces that you would say oh I can leave this off or I can leave that off sometimes the way believers live that's what they've done they've really said to themselves oh, I don't need this I don't need that Paul says put on the whole arm of God we cannot surrender to the enemy believer we dare not surrender to the enemy the cry is no surrender to the devil to Satan to the powers of evil it's no surrender as well as being clothed in the armor and in being a complete armor notice it's a chosen armor Paul specifically says put on the whole armor of God God's armor it's the armor God has given to us to put on and in case we missed it Paul repeats it. 11, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God 
Verse 13. Therefore take on to you the whole armor of God. Paul didn't want the believers to miss the need for the armor to be put on. And it's not just any armor. Listen, it's not any armor. It's not an armor of man's invention. It is the armor of God. Paul elsewhere calls it 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 7 the armor of righteousness. So our armor is not carnal or fleshly. We are in a spiritual battle with the devil every day. Therefore, we need a spiritual armor. We're in the spiritual battle. We cannot afford to surrender to the devil or the wiles of the devil. We cannot afford it. Our armor is not carnal or fleshly. This is the armor of God. We don't try and defeat and conquer and outwit the devil by our own skill, our own wisdom. We do that, we'll lose every time. For we have no might to overcome his temptations or his railing accusations. Our armor is spiritual and is given to us by God. Second Corinthians chapter 10 Second Corinthians 10 verse 3 For though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for, our for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, that is, they're not fleshly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, that is, they're not worldly, they're not fleshly, but mighty through God. When you put on this armor that the Lord has given to us, you will never surrender to the enemy. You will know victory over the enemy day by day. You'll be able to live the victorious Christian life. And many protesting believers are living a defeated life. The seven sins can get the victory over them. Other matters falling in falling into the ways of the world. And looking upon them, they don't seem to be any different in them and the world. Put on the whole armor of God and you'll live the victorious life. For there is victory in Jesus. So we'll consider Paul's word of advice. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We'll consider Paul's word about the armor. Put on the whole armor of God. Next we see Paul's word about ability. Paul next tells us why it is necessary for the Christian to put on the whole armor of God. Why is it necessary? Why do we need to be clothed in the armor of righteousness day by day? He tells us that 
he may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's why. That's why we're to be clothed in this armor. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You'll stand against the wiles of the devil. You'll not surrender to the wiles of the devil. If we relied again upon our own skill and strength to combat sin, we'd fail every time. We'd be in defeat. No, we would not be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We don't want to live in defeat. We want to live the victorious Christian life, don't we? We want to know what it is to live day by day in the victory of Christ. We don't want to be down and defeated by the wiles of the devil succumbing to the ways of the wicked one. We want to know victory over him. We don't want to surrender to him. There's no surrender. Must be. Our cry should be. Our prayer should always be no surrender to the enemy. So let us make no surrender. Let it let us make that our battle cry. When Satan comes against us with his temptations, his subtle temptations, and we recognize those temptations, our cry should be no surrender, and not surrendering to those temptations of the devil. So, put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Paul gives us, first of all, the reason. The reason why we put on the whole armor of God. Remember, we're dealing with the ability. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able, able to stand against the wiles of the devil. There you have the reason. The reason why we put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word stand. That you may be able to stand. The word stand there is a word that means to set. We often speak of an individual and we say, oh, so and so, he's well set in his ways. He's set in his ways. He'll not be easily moved from his opinions or the views that he holds or the way that he lives. He's well set in his ways. That's the way it should be for a Christian. We ought to be well set in the ways of the Lord. That nothing will move us and nothing will shift us and will not surrender to the wiles of the devil. Not prepared to yield. Stand. Be well set in the ways of the Lord. That's how Christians should live. Not surrendering an inch, not giving an inch to the devil. Martin Luther said, Here I stand. I can do none else. Let us have that same determination by God's grace. Here I stand. I can do none else. We must always be prepared to stand up, stand up for Jesus as soldiers of the cross. Not only not only to stand up for Jesus, but stand up with Jesus. 
stand up with him. And in doing that, we will obey his laws, his commandments. We'll take to heart his word. We're standing with Christ, never surrendering to the enemy. For if we do, we only bring shame on the name of the Lord. He professed to know the Lord. People around us know we're professing Christians. But if we give way to the devil and do not have on the whole armor of God and surrender to the devil, then we bring shame on the name of Christ. Do put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Be well set in your way. Stand. Stand. Stand for the crown rights of King Jesus. Stand with the Lord and take to heart the words of Paul. Be ye therefore steadfast unmovable unmovable always abounding <coughs> in the work of the Lord <coughs> so having on the whole armour of God will keep you from surrendering to the devil the enemy of your soul and mine let us give no place to the devil let us say not an inch. As well as the reason why we've been on the whole armor of God, we notice the resistance. Paul makes it clear that when we put on the whole armor of God, we will be enabled to stand firm. We'll be able to stand for the Lord and with the Lord our Savior. But he also tells us that we will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Once again we see that we will be able to take our stand for the Lord. Whatever our company doesn't matter whose company we're in. We'll be able to stand for the Lord. We'll stand up for Him. We'll stand with the Lord. We'll not be ashamed to own our Lord or to defend His cause. And take the honor of His work, the glory of His cross. That's what it is to be a Christian soldier. Someone has said, we should be prepared to stand up for all that God is for and stand against all that God is against. That's the stand, the position of the Christian. Stand against. Look at the number of times Paul uses the word against. Against. In verse 11. One, two, three, four, five times in verse 12. Against. Again, there's no surrender there. We're against the devil. There's a resistance. We're to stand against them. He tells us to stand against the wiles of the devil. Look at the number of times as it said. He uses the word against. Yes, we are to be against worldliness. We're to be against fleshliness. We're most certainly to be against the devil and the ways of the devil. We're to be against Satan. We're not to surrender to the enemy. 
turn to First Peter. Familiar with these words, I'm sure. First Peter, chapter five. First Peter five, verse eight. Be sober. Be vigilant. Why? Why is the Christian to be sober and vigilant? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, whom resist, stand against them, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Whom resist, stand against. James uses the same word in James 4 and verse 7. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Give no place to the devil at all. So when Satan comes with all his temptation, our cry should be no surrender. When Satan comes with his lying promises, our cry should be no surrender. When Satan comes and seeks to beguile us as an angel of light, our cry should be no surrender. So believer, put on <coughs> the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So we have the reason to put on the whole armor of God. We have the resistance to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then you have the recognition. Recognition. Having the whole armor of God, Paul says, may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's an interesting word. The wiles of the devil. For it is only when we have on the whole armor of God that we be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What does the word wiles mean? What does it refer to? That word wiles of the devil refers to a method, a method. It also can be rendered cunning. It can be rendered fraud. So that's all tied up there in the word wiles. He has a method. Satan has a method. A cunning, fraudulent method. The word refers to the systematic evil of Satan. He has a method. In other words, he uses the same cunning, fraudulent ways to conquer Christians. He does. I'm not into fishing. But I know if a fisher man uses a certain bait and he catches more fish with that bait, what's he going to do? He's going to use the same bait. If by using that bait he catches more fish. That's like the devil. Satan will use the same bait to catch unsuspecting believers. If we're aware of the wiles of Satan, 
and have on the whole armor of God, where they'll not be able to catch us now. You think of the method, the evil method that he used in Eden's garden. He wanted Eve to doubt the word of God. Know what he said? He said, Yea, hath God said? Put a question mark over God's word. Yea, hath God said? And then he went on and said, Ye shall not surely die. And he took the forbidden fruit and shared it with her husband. You know something? He's been using the same bait since the Garden of Eden. In other words, Eve knew what the word of the Lord said, what God <coughs> had said to her, and Eve cast it to one side as if it didn't really matter. Sadly, many Christians do the same today. They're God's word his laws, his commandments. And the believer knows what God says. But just like Eve, many believers cast them to one side. Doesn't really matter. But God says they look upon him and think, oh, it doesn't really matter. It matters all right. person doesn't put on the whole armor of God and sets aside God's laws and God's commandments and statutes and doesn't take them seriously, they'll be overcome by the wiles of the devil and they'll fall in defeat. They'll be defeated believers. We want to be victorious, believers. Sang this morning, go through with God. That's what we want. We want to go through with God. Our vows to pay. Our life upon the altar lay. The Holy Ghost will do the rest and give to us God's very best. That's what you want, isn't it? God's best. You know what happened to Eve? So listen more to the devil than you did to the Lord. And cast aside God's command as if it didn't matter. Plunged herself, her husband, and the whole human race into sin. For every man, woman, boy, and girl born in sin and shaping in iniquity. And it goes back to the Garden of Eden. And you know, Satan has been using the same ways ever since Eden. And as he defeated Eve in the Garden, he has defeated many a Christian Uses the same bit. Put on the whole armor of God. You may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So we have considered Paul's word of advice. Then Paul's word about the armor. And Paul's word about ability. Finally, Paul's word about our adversary about our adversary. If we have ever taken our battle with Satan lightly, then Paul's words would teach us otherwise. Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, 
against spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. So regarding our adversary, Paul first of all speaks about wrestling. To wrestle is not an impersonal act. It is most personal. Wrestling is a contact sport. It means face-to-face -face combat, hand-to-hand combat, foot-to-foot -foot combat. Jacob knew all about that. They wrestled with the Lord during the night. Genesis 32, verses 24-26. And that simply shows that as Christians, we are in an arm-to-arm -arm combat with the enemy. No. Satan is no imaginary enemy. He's real. He is real. He's a real, living, evil spirit. One we cannot see, but are engaged in combat with him every day. We wrestle against him. We don't surrender. Christ the same. No, surrender. There's the wrestling, and then there is the wicked. Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, and then he goes on to name a hierarchy of evil. A hierarchy of evil. Fallen spirits and angels that make up the enemy. That's what we have there in the verse 12. Notice, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. What does that all mean? <coughs> What Paul mentioned there and spoke about there in that verse 12 are fallen angels, fallen spirits that make up our enemy. That's who he's speaking about when he speaks of principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness. That's who he's talking about. Fallen evil spirits. These are, this is our enemy. You notice in verse 12, you have four groups of these evil spirits. Four groups. Four is the number of the world. And you look at the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. And we see it all today in the world. All that we have in verse 12, we see it today. All around us. And Paul says, as believers, we're to stand against these things. We're to say no surrender. Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, verse 13. Withstand. We are to withstand. And this is an evil day. An evil day. And many times, the parents, grandparents say, What's it going to be like for our grandchildren? When they enter their teenage years, or in their 20s. What's it going to be like in 20 years' time when it's so evil and so wicked and so bad now? What's it going to be like? We need to have on the whole armor of God. And we'll know the victory through Christ. We'll know the victory through Christ.
Colossians 1 verse 5 Paul tells us and having spoiled principalities there it is having spoiled principalities and powers he the Lord Jesus made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it those two little words in it may be rendered in himself there's victory in Jesus oh it's good to be saved it's good to be in Christ it's good to be saved in the Lord good to have on the whole armour of God good to take that position of no surrender stand against principalities, stand against power, stand against rulers of darkness in high places uh, darkness of this world against spirits of wickedness in high places let that be our stand believer may our battle cry always be to the devil no surrender That's voluntary. Oh dear loving God, I pray that we may never be found clothed in the armor of God. That we may live a victorious Christian life. We're not the living in defeat, overcome by the wiles of the devil, his cunning craftiness, the same bait that he has used for centuries, that has tripped up many of the league. Lord, may we be wise to the wicked ways of the devil dear Lord write thy word upon our hearts today be with us as we leave the house of God Lord I pray for each one here and all in our church family that thy Lord will keep thy hand upon us all keep us healthy and well and safe I may the grace of the Lord, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be our abiding portion now and always in Saviour's name we pray Amen <laughs>